British GT News. Good evening and it's welcome again to the From the Racetrack programme. This time for the Sunday action at Brands Hatch on the Grand Prix circuit, the two-hour race which marks the penultimate round of the British GT Championship. Now, there were only two sessions today, but they were the most important sessions. Uh, well, warm-up is actually proved quite eventful. Um, and then, obviously, we had the race, which is where all the points are given. So let's take a look at the action that happened on Sunday. Before I do, I should point out here that we are technically guilty of false advertising. And the reason I say that is that we're calling this from the racetrack, but the reason it is, again, quite late out, is because we have decamped. I have dropped Sarah off in London for some well-deserved rest with a friend. Uh, and I have now driven all the way back to Podcast HQ just on the South Yorkshire-Derbyshire border. So we call it from the racetrack, but it's actually from my bedroom. Now, first thing that I actually reported on this morning was an update on the walking wounded, I called it. Uh, and this was a list of the cars which hit problems in Saturday running and their situations with regards to whether they were going to make it out for the race or not. The good news uh, here was that the number seven Mercedes AMG GT4 of Ed McDermott and Michael Broadcast, uh, Broadhurst even, um, had applied to the stewards for permission to race. That's a formality usually. Um, basically, the drivers have to prove that they have qualified um, in terms of they've done enough laps of the track to be safe to race if they aren't able to complete the practice and qualifying sessions. Now, uh, Michael Broadhurst has done laps at Brands Hatch recently. In uh, this year, I believe he's racing in GT Cup as well. And Ed McDermott had completed three laps in free practice, which is the number of laps that the uh, Motorsport UK and the FAA say you need to do to prove that you are, are qualified to race on the circuit. So that, that authority was basically granted almost pro forma. What we hadn't seen by this point was any sign of a car. Um, now, the team had been working on it overnight, and uh, when I say working on it, they'd, they'd basically been wailing on it. And they had hammers out and all, all sorts of things, trying to beat this Mercedes back into a roughly Mercedes shape uh, so that they could go racing. Their work was successful, and the car did come out for the race. The other car involved in their incident, the John Ferguson and Ulysses de Pau car, we knew the day before, we knew Saturday, that that car would not take any further part in the event. Uh, I spoke with a team member uh, outside the garage this morning, and basically it was one look at the chassis, and they, they knew it was done. Um, the car is probably going to need to be reshelled. That is not a cheap undertaking. Uh, lucky that these guys do have insurance to cover these eventualities, because I would not fancy uh, paying out for 
what I uh, I have heard from various sources is anything from a fifty to a hundred thousand euro repair job. Um, but that car would take no further part in the weekend. GT3 took a bit of a, a pummeling, uh, to be honest, because the other car which had a big off in Saturday running was the number 24 Greystone GT McLaren. This uh, 720S GT3 for Andre Borodin and Ed Peed had quite a substantial shunt on the Cooper Strait. Uh, the team looked at the car but found that it wasn't repairable out of local resources. Um, so they focused all their attention instead on the number five car. That's the Stuart and Lewis Proctor driven machine that's been with us for the full season. And then the final issue yesterday was for Chris Salkeld in the car he shares with Tom Rawlings. This is Harriet's Chariot. Now there were um, social media activities this morning, uh, which told us that the car was coming back out. Um, various photos of, of Chris hugging his repaired BMW. Um, livery wasn't fully intact. They they didn't have a sign-written right-hand door, but otherwise the car looked pretty good. That brings us to the end of the list of the walking wounded, and it does bring us on to the um, warm-up session. Warm-up session then was topped by 76, the McLaren 720S for Ewan Hankey and Mia Fluitt. And it was the tail end of the session when Ewan Hankey was at the wheel that the car set its best time. Uh, there's just a couple of laps left in the 15-minute session, which had been broken by a red flag, and I'll get to that in a bit. But it was a very good... Very good morning in Kent for the brand from Woking because we did have, as I say, the fastest time within the last two minutes um, from Ewan Hankey. We also saw the Enduro Motorsport McLaren uh, for Marcus Clutton and Morgan Tilbrook. Marcus Clutton had the wheel when that went to second place. And then Lewis Proctor banged in a fast lap in the number five car, the Greystone GT McLaren, giving us a one, two, three for McLaren in warm-up. In GT4, Matt Cowley was the fast man. Uh, the Academy Motorsport Ford Mustang GT4 showed its pace outperforming Darren Turner in the Aston Martin from Newbridge Motorsport. Uh, that number 27 car, obviously referred to as Scully, and shared with Matt Topham. Joe Wheeler had the wheel for Assetto Motorsport, the Janetta G56 GT4. This is number 56 car. Um, and that, that took third place in GT4. So oh, basically a one-class celebration in the top class, and a, a smorgasbord of GT4 material in the bottom class, or the second class. I shouldn't call it the bottom class, that's not really fair. Warm-up wasn't untroubled, and the reason I say this, there were two um, issues during the session. One of them promoted a stoppage. Now, Chris Salkeld may be hugging his BMW, may be loving his BMW, may be very happy with the guys who worked overnight to get that car ready to race on Sunday. 
Uh, unfortunately, the car wasn't particularly happy with him. Um, the car went out for warm-up and very soon ground to a halt uh, on the straight between Surtees and Hawthorns. Um, it was dragged back on a, on a rope. It was a, a flat toe jobby. There was no, there was no need for, for lifting it up into the air uh, to bring it back. The team got straight on it and the car did make it out for the race. Other incidents uh, which really caught note was for Sky Tempesta Racing, the Mercedes AMG, and the Red Line Racing Lamborghini. Now, the Red Line Racing machine was on its way out of Sterling's Corner. That is the uh, 90 degree left-hander that runs back down the straight to Clearways, uh, where the Grand Prix circuit meets up with the Indy circuit again. Um, Lamborghini wasn't quick out the corner. Mercedes was quick out the corner, and Chris Froggart, uh, who had the wheel at the time, left it just a moment too late to jerk to the left-hand side to clear the slow-moving uh, Lamborghini. I don't know the full extent of the damage to the Sky Tempesta racing car, uh, but it did have some fairly impressive cosmetic damage, but got back under its own steam. I did speak to a representative from... Redline Racing, and that car just suffered a broken tow link. So apparently, they build them pretty strong in Santa Agata. Then came the race, and it was pretty early on that the first piece of news from the race came out. And this was that um, uh, Stuart Proctor, after one of the many safety cars we had in the first hour of the race um stuart proctor was at the wheel of number five greystone car uh, we didn't see the full um accident going on but there was an accident which caused actually quite significant barrier damage on the right hand side of the cooper straight on the way into surtees um it also hit the the barrier so hard it popped the right hand door on the mclaren and obviously did some damage further under the skin as well because it wasn't long after that Lewis Proctor, talking to circuit commentary, confirmed that the car had joined its number 24 uh, teammate in the retirements list. Um, and if you take a look at uh, BritSCPodcast.co.uk, you'll find the Race Weekend Live article that is available on our website. And in there you can see the easy-to-find the tweet from British GT showing the incident taking place, uh, what, what the cameras actually caught of it. There were other incidents as well um, for contact between the number six Mercedes AMG GT3 at the hands of Ian Loggie and Adam Ballon's Barwell Motorsport Lamborghini. Uh, that incident not only uh, uh, obviously caused the, the, the two cars involved to lose time, but it did leave, I believe it was, uh, it was a Fox Motorsport car. Um, it did leave that particular car um, with absolutely nowhere to go. Uh, it was Nick Halstead that had the wheel of the car. Um, and he ended up beached in the gravel trap at Surtees Corner, on the outside of Surtees Corner, um, which necessitated a safety car and a snatch and... Uh, uh, put the car a number of laps down. 
Sky Tempesta Racing was the next one to really rise to note, and that was, uh, I believe it was Andrew Howard at the wheel of the car. Uh, came into view up into Druids, which is the hairpin right-hander after Paddock Hill Bend. Uh, trailing quite an impressive stream of smoke. We've got no idea why it happened, but shortly after there was um, a notification that an incident between the number two car and the number 93 car was being investigated by the stewards. So I can I can guess that if we got a closer look at the back at the Sky Tempesta racing Mercedes, there would be a roughly McLaren-shaped dent in the back bumper. And then came the pit stops, and this was after a good few safety cars, actually. Uh, I, d I did joke to, to Lorna Vickers, a safety car driver, uh, after the race, that they should probably be giving her a trophy for the amount of laps she led. Um, but this, uh, obviously, the success seconds that had been attributed because of the decision of the National Court yesterday to confirm the result of Spa-Francorchamps. Uh, success seconds gave... Um, a, a bit of a, a bit of a drubbing to two seed motorsport. The number four, the yellow DKR engineering car. Um, they entered the pits in the lead and dropped quite a way back as a result of their success seconds. And it left the team Abba Racing Mercedes, uh, who had been in third. They've been having a good weekend, um, but it left the team Abba Racing Mercedes and Sam Neary in the lead of the race and that's exactly um exactly where the car stayed for most of the hour and we'll get to the reason why it didn't finish there in just a moment so in terms of the of the race it, it was a really good one actually um, once we got through all of the stoppages uh, that happened in uh, once we got through all the stoppages that happened due to, to safety cars um, I'd say the cleanest race it was not but really anytime you race on Brands Hatch um, particularly on the Grand Prix circuit but any race at Brands Hatch has a certain special appeal and that special appeal re ended up in a special result as well as i say sam neary led pretty much every lap of the second hour of the race and he held off some very serious pressure uh, from the number 77 enduro motorsport mclaren marcus clutton had the wheel after morgan tilbrook had started the car and i spoke to morgan just after the race um after they'd collected trophies, etc., um, and he was saying how it was a case of build a lead, lose the lead because of safety car, build another lead, lose the lead because of safety car, and then just before the pit window, it was build another lead, and then the safety car came out again, and that wiped out any of the good work that Morgan Tilbrook could have done in the first part of the race. So it left it all up to Marcus Clutton. Um, who exited the pits behind the team of a racing car and then spent a good 55 minutes trying everything he could to get past. But Sam nearly soaked up anything that was thrown at him and more um, and really deserved, deserved a win. 
um, but was absolutely cruelly robbed uh, of that victory by the well, the events of the last five minutes. Um, those events, I mean, obviously, I hate to say it, but Team Abba Racing's own fault. They, they, they kind of bought it on themselves. Uh, but despite the amount of safety car running we'd had in the first hour, I think the pace of the second hour conspired to unduly or to uh, conspired to, to cause some problems um, because the car actually ran out of petrol two laps from the end. Um, Sam managed to limp the car back round to the full lap of the Indy circuit um, and back into the pits. But by then, it that, that was all she wrote, basically. Uh, the car had already fallen down to, I believe it was ninth place it finished in. Um, yeah, uh, okay, th- yeah, um, yeah, he came down to ninth place overall and second in GT3 Silver Am from having led every lap of his stint until, until, until the engine started spluttering. But you win as a team and you lose as a team. Um, you can't really blame Sam for not having enough petrol. And you could probably say potentially that you pushed a little bit too hard. But what do you want? Do you want, do you want to win a race? I, I, I can understand why he pushed quite as hard as he did. That did leave the Enduro Motorsport car to take the win um, with Sandy Mitchell in the Lamborghini shared with Adam Ballon behind. And then a happy, happy occurrence for third place because Henry Dawes, who made his championship debut um, this weekend, and Alex Sims of BMW factory fame, drove the number 91 Century Motorsport BMW M4 GT3 to its maiden podium in the championship. Um, I was just really, really happy. I I tried to get a word with Alex after, but he was... He was busy and uh, I, I couldn't get to him, but uh, just absolutely delighted for the team who have uh, they've trudged away at it with that with that BMW a bit this this year. Um, but the look of it's growing on me, and it's nice to see the pace of it is growing on Sentry. And I can only hope for better things for that car next year. <laughs> So, Morgan Tilbrook, three-time race winner in British GT now, aren't we? How does it feel? Oh, it feels incredible. Um, we, I was saying to Marcus there, we've never had a second or third. We've only ever done wins. So it's either win or it's terrible. Uh, I feel this season's been a tough one because we made silly errors. You know, I drove past the pit box. Alton Park, when we could have won the race. Um, Silverstone, Marcus hit the fire extinguisher button. That killed our race. Uh, and Spa, someone drove into us and Marcus got a puncher. So we've had some really bad luck. We've shown pace consistently throughout all the rounds, um, hence we've had you know two wins this this championship, uh, this championship, and actually won the, l- the last round of 2021 championships. So we've had three wins in eight races, so we've had you know we've got a great great record. We just got to stop making mistakes. We've got to pull it together, and next season we're coming to win it. You know, 100%. Like I mean, yeah, that's all. We've got to come back and not make the mistakes so we can we can try and win. Now it was looking very busy out there. Uh, obviously, you would have to stint with all the safety cars in it, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so probably not so much affected by traffic, but it's still, what's it like out there when you're driving a big, hairy GT3 car and you've got all these GT4 cars to get around? Um, it's, it's, it's a great circuit brand, actually. Undulation, uh, it's tight, there's no runoff, it's all grass runoff. 
So, um, you know, it's, it's a real adrenaline, uh, you know, roller coaster ride around there. You know, as for the, the safety cars, you know, they were highly frustrating because they kept building a gap between me and me and Neary, and then the safety car would come out and close the gap. So, of course, we had a safety car just before the pit window. So, Neary's came in and jumped us in the pit, in the pit window, which was, you know, you know, really hurt because it felt like we probably should have, you know, made the jump on them. But, um, yeah, look, you know, you know it, it's a great circuit. It's high adrenaline. Keep it on the black stuff and you, you, t you tend to be okay. But it's not that easy to keep on the black stuff around here, especially passing GT4s. And I'm guessing two laps before the end, you were frustrated. And then about 1.9 laps before the end, you were related. Yeah, do you know, I don't, think I, I don't think I'd ever been more disappointed with the second place had it finished second. Because I just felt like, because I kept pulling the gap on Neary's. I was like, you know, I, I felt, I don't know, I felt it's probably, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been happy with the second. Because I think we should have had the first. Um, but yeah, when that happened, it was like, oh wow, it was like elation. And, but then it was suddenly it was like, oh, sh you know, poor Neary's like, you know, like, you know, granted the safety car helped him out, but you know, Sam Neary drove impeccably. You know, I think he's a silver driver, but he, that was a pro driver. He was up there with the best of the pros, hitting their times. I think that's the first time I'd say I've seen Sam Neary drive as good as the top pros. Normally he's just, you know, slightly, slightly, you know, behind him. Uh, but I think Sam turned up this weekend. He showed everybody that he's, he's, you know, he's still returning pro and, you know, fair play to him. And, so my heart goes out for the team because they would have worked really hard to get in that position and they deserve second. So um, I do feel for them. But of course, for us, it was, you know, elation. But, you know, sport can be cruel. It can. And you take the highs when they come and you've had your share of the lows. Yeah. I'm going to shake your hand now. Congratulate yeah. you. Thank Three you time much. British GT race winner. Thank you very much. Take care. Looking at the title, Two Seas Motorsport, Lewis Williamson and James Cottingham started um, ahead of their rivals and finished ahead of their rivals as well. Full two places clear. Um, that keeps obviously the title fight going because we were in a situation where as long as Ian Loggy didn't lose more than one point to their rivals, um, the, the car would take... The uh, the car would take the champion uh, the championship this weekend. Now that didn't happen. I'm looking at the timing sheets now, and we have Lewis Williamson crossed the line after 78 laps. He was 14.956 seconds down on Marcus Clotten in fourth place. And then we look for Callum McLeod. He is in sixth place. So two places further back. I'm running through the points in my head at the moment. No, my mind's completely failed me to tell you exactly what the point difference is there. But um, the, the DKR engineering-backed car did bring back some points, uh, more than the one necessary to take the, take the race for the title all the way through to the final round of the championship, a Donington decider we have indeed. It's worth pointing out, though, that Ram Racing uh, have sealed one title, and they managed that at Spa when the points were confirmed. Uh, in fact, I think they managed it before because they cannot be caught in the Teams Championship, so Ram Racing will be the 2022 British GT Teams Champions. In GT4, um, Darren Turner came out of the pits in the lead by, by, by quite a margin thanks to the success seconds that are imposed on the Silver Cup entries, which includes title rivals um, in the Stella Motorsport Audi, um, Senham Fielding and Richard Williams. So they had to sit in the pit lane for slightly longer, 
which meant that Darren Turner had a decent advantage as the the cars and the pit stops all settled out. Q better part of an hour of Senon Fielding pumping in qualifying lap after qualifying lap after qualifying lap to try and whittle that gap down and by the end of the race he got it down to 5.284 seconds. In fact uh, Darren Turner was possibly helped a little bit by the GT3 lead battle um, because at one point the number 77 which won in GT3 and the number 42 which came second in GT4 were both under investigation for a contact which could have uh, could, could could have spelled the end of of Stella's title hopes but um going into the final round they obviously still have a reasonable hope of taking the championship as well third in the GT4 class uh was the uh, Seb Hopkins and Jamie Orton. I'm trying to remember names. <laughs> I'm I'm really not not good at names today for some reason. But the Team Parker Racing Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS Club Sport rounded out the the class podiums, the the GT4 podium at Brands Hatch today. I got the chance to speak to Darren Turner after the race, and here's what he said. Darren Turner, congratulations, victory in the in the GT4 class at, at Brands Hatch. I usually end up speaking to, to Matt, so it's good to actually speak to you, but fantastic result. Yeah, really pleased. I mean, um, you know, that, that first hour of the race with three safety cars uh, had a huge um, impact on our race result. You know, it really played into our hands, especially the third one, which um, effectively, like, nulled the whole performance of the Audi and, and those guys in the first hour. Um, and so, yeah, we came in and you're going to jump them with the, the, the differences between Pro-Am and Silver Silver lineup. So we, we knew we were going to jump in front. Um, and then, you know, I, I just pushed like crazy, um, just try and really sort of um, know where my pace was compared to, to the competition. But the gap was always closing. You know, the, the guys were on the radio telling me what the gap is. And it's, it's not always the nicest thing to hear on the radio. Uh, you know, 17 seconds, 16 seconds. And uh, the last radio call, I think I had it down to like five or four. But... You know, if the race is another 10 minutes, I'm sure um, uh, Senna would have been um, on the back of me. You know, I'm sure he would have been all over me at that point. So we've got to look to see. That the hardest thing, you know, come away from this weekend, we've had a win. It's fantastic, like, great. We take those wins when we can. But we need to work out, you know, how we're going to have some extra performance and extra pace when we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with everyone uh, for the decider at Donington Park. So, yeah, let's see what we can do. On the subject of the decider, because you go into the final race of the championship with the big success penalty, is that a concern for you then? It is what it is. I mean, you've got to take the results when you can get them. You know, if you try to play the, the game of, right, okay, well, if we don't win here, we can have less of a success penalty when we go to the next race. But you never know what the next race is going to throw up. And, um, you know, we take the points now, get those in the bag. Um, it's given us a, a little bit more of a gap within the championship points. Hopefully that's enough um, to sort of um, give us a good result at the end of the year. But we'll see, you know, it's, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a, a tough race at Donington Park. I'm sure it's gonna be quite feisty out on track as well, um, but it's a great way to finish the season. 
Were you aware when the Fox Motorsport GT3 car came past you about four or five laps from the end that that was for position and that you were actually in the top ten overall? Uh, no. I mean, no, not at all. I mean, to be honest, it's like it's irrelevant. You know, any of this racing with the GT3s, it's like it's you, you only you only care about your result within your class. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't care less if I was top ten, you know, ahead of a GT3 or not. It, it's irre it's completely irrelevant to what we're trying to achieve in the in in the championship. So um, yeah, I, I, if you came, for, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know the cars. You know, I'm not that. Um, I'm not into the understanding all the different cars in, in, in GT3 and I've got obviously friends that I know that are racing those cars and I, I keep a little bit more of an eye out and see how they're getting on, um, see if they give a friendly wave when they go by, but that's as much interest as I've got in GT3 while we're trying to win a championship. And are there any plans for in the future for a Scully GT3? Uh, I don't know, you need to speak to Matt on that one, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, Scully's definitely a, a, um, a Matt Topham project, um, I think it's um, it's been great to drive, you know, what, what is Scully, um, and you know, I think the fan base for the little car is is growing, um, and it's you know, it's a, it's a lovely livery on a car. It's fun, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully there's there's lots more to come from from that. Um, but yeah, Matt's in charge of of the destiny of Scully. Scully. Fantastic. I'm gonna off to shake your hand, congratulate you. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you at Donington Park as well, where hopefully, yeah, overall, yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Bye bye. So, with the Brands Hat race in the books, as they say, uh, all attention now turns to the Donington Decider, the final round of the championship held at the circuit in the Midlands in the middle of next month, on the 15th and 16th of October, if I remember rightly off the top of my head. Um, so, all attention turns to to that event, and I'm just looking now to find the championship points situation. Because if we look at the GT3 Drivers' Championship overall, Ian Loggy still leads the championship, but his advantage has been dropped down to just 24.5 points from Adam Ballon and Sandy Mitchell in the Barwell Motorsport car. Now, Sandy Mitchell is a former overall champion. He claimed the win with... Um, Oh, it was um, Rob Collard. I've just run through all the names of his sons before I've got to his first name. But he claimed the title with Rob Collard uh, back in 20, uh, 2020. James Cottingham and Lewis Williamson are on 102 points. So they are... That puts them 33 points behind Ian Loggy's overall points tally. Um which gives them an outside chance at the overall title for the num for the number four car. But really, if anyone's going to stop Ian Loggy from taking it, it's going to be uh, Adam Ballant and Sandy Mitchell. Um, looking further down, we come to the Pro-Am class, and here it is pretty much uh, just as close. There's a 27-point difference between Ian Loggy, again leading the championship, and the Adam Ballant-Sandy Mitchell car with Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton in third place here on 119 points. Uh, if you look at the wins tally as well, 
if it was to come to count back, it basically it all depends on on who wins at Donington Park because they've all got two wins this season apiece. It is worthwhile pointing out here that uh, James Cottingham and Lewis Williamson in the overall don't have a win to their credit. So if we end up in a situation where all three championship protagonists are equal on points at the end of Donington Park, and I, I can't do the maths to figure out how that would work, um, but if we found ourselves in that situation, Ian Loggie would still be the champion because he has two wins to Sandy Mitchell and Adam Ballon's one win in the overall stakes. GT3 Silver Am. This is uh, currently being led by Alex Malakian and James Dorlin. And in fact, it's currently being very emphatically won by Alex Malakian and James Dorlin. We can claim cl crown these guys as champions. Now, uh, John Ferguson sits alone in second place in the championship, uh, but he has 127 points to the Redline Racing Cars 193. Now, even if there was a way for John Ferguson to score in one race meeting enough points to equal that Redline Racing total, the Redline Racing car has three wins in Silver Am, two John Ferguson's, one win in Silver Am, and that means that obviously Alex Malakian and James Dorlin would take the title. Richard Neary and Sam Neary sit in third place. Uh, they're on 119 points, so so quite a ways distance from the championship lead. And then we look at the team's championship. We have Ram Racing currently on 189.5 points, playing Barwell Motorsports 110.5. Uh, Two Seas Motorsports sit uh, a bit further back on 102 and Enduro on 101. The reason that we say Ram Racing have won this already is that whilst there are other two-car teams in the championship uh, sporadically, they're not full season entries for the second car for two Cs, uh, which does mean that the second car doesn't score points. There's only 37.5 points available now uh, for, for a win, um, which means that Ram Racing cannot be overhauled. There's a 79-point deficit um, and obviously only 37.5 points still available. Going to run quickly through the GT4 uh, results for you as well. Um, try and keep this one down to a little bit, somewhere around half an hour. Uh, Matt Topham and Darren Turner continue to lead the GT4 driver's title overall. The gap has gone out a little bit. Um, 154 points plays 141.5 for Richard Williams and Senan Fielding. With 133.5, the tally for Josh Miller and Jamie Days are racing Aston Martin. Now, all three of the top cars have two wins apiece, uh, while Century Motorsports' outgoing champion, Will Burns, uh, and his new co-driver for this year, Jack Brown, sit on 101 points, and mathematically they are out of the title fight. They only have one win apiece, as does Matt Cowley and Marco Signoretti in the GT4 overall title fight. GT4 Pro-Am, uh, this comes down to just, we have 
well, only four cars that have really been in it for the full season. Uh, if you remember back at the start of the season, we had Richard Marsh and Gareth Howell in the Inspire Racing car. Uh, they only contested Alton Park despite being full season entrants, um, and therefore, obviously, they've they've not they, they've not got a chance here. They they scored zero points at Alton Park as well, so they are scoreless. So too is Mark Ratcliffe in the Veluga Racing. Uh, number 51 car. Here it is Lucky Kara and Benji Hetherington that scored their points. Uh, they sit in third place in the Silver Am. Sorry, Pro-Am Championship, my apologies, for Voluga Racing and the Porsche. Team Brit then, um, with Aaron Morgan and Bobby Trundley, are enjoying a very impressive debut season in the British GT Championship. They still have a chance at the title, but we are eight rounds in, and on a tally of 7-1, to one, the undisputed winners of the year, to be honest. Um, I say undisputed. We've got 22, uh, 24.5 points between them. So they could be beaten uh, if they had an issue early in the race at Donington Park and didn't score any points. Um, but on a tally of 7 wins to 1 win, Matt Topham and Darren Turner in Scully are Really, they, they, they've got more than one hand on the trophy already. Going to the Silver Cup battle then. Richard Williams and Sen and Fielding are leading this one by a margin of 20 points and one win. Uh, Stella Motorsports Audi from Josh Miller and Jamie Day on two wins um, and 145 points. A further 20 points back are Jack Brown and Will Burns uh, on one win. And Matt Cowley and Marco Signoretti on one win as well are a further three points back from that. So mathematically, all of them still have a chance. But realistically, it's going to be Josh Miller and Jamie Day and potentially Jack Brown and Will Burns who could spoil Richard Williams and Senna and Fielding's uh, attempts to claim the Silver Cup title. Looking at the team's championship here, and this is the closest of close in terms of title battles, because Newbridge Motorsports sit on 154 points in the number 27 car, uh, ahead of Stella Motorsport, who are on 141.5. So that's a 12.5 point difference. So should Stella win the race and Newbridge finish Third, Stella could overhaul and take the title at Donington Park. Our racing sit in third on 133.5 points, with Century Motorsport on 129. That puts them 35 points behind Newbridge, so they statistically have a chance as well. Um, Century obviously aided and abetted here by the fact that they've got two cars. Um, so it's, it's definitely more doable for them than it is for anyone else else. Academy Motorsport are the first of the out of the running teams here on 99.5 points uh, ahead of Team Parker uh, who are on 98.5 so there's definitely a, a, a chance to switch for 5th and 6th in the title uh, Toyota Kazoo Racing, Voluga Team Brit, Paddock Motorsport Assetto Motorsport and then Inspire Racing of the 12 teams in GT4 that is the order so it does bring an end to our coverage from Brands Hatch and we're going to leave you now to 
enjoy the rest of your day because I'm guessing you're not be listening to this tonight uh, as it's recorded. Um, hope you keep safe. Hope you keep well, and definitely hope we see you when the championship returns to action for its final round in Donington Park in the middle of October. Do feel free to send any questions, any queries, any corrections in um, via direct message or via Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. And we look forward to hearing from you. And if you are coming down to Donington Park, do please let us know so we can arrange to get together um, and say hello because we'd absolutely love to meet you all. But for now, signing off from Brands Hatch, that's good night.